When somebody says they want to play something interactive, strategic, or fun, what do they really mean? My name is Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, a podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week is all about words that don't always mean what you think they mean. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. We're going to be talking about three words this week, and those three words are going to be talked about with our friend St. Stella. Hello. And new arrival, Nick Rovers. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So those three words that tend to mean one thing to board game enthusiasts and something totally different to everybody else are, well, let's start with the first one, interactive. This is one of the most common words we get requested. And people look at us and say, we want something interactive. And usually when people say it, they mean the opposite of what I usually mean by it. So Nick, when, when, a, when a game designer or a game aficionado talks about interactivity in games, what, what do they mean? They most likely mean that they, one person will be affecting someone else and uh, what you do in the game can directly impact someone else's gameplay. Um, so what and, might that look like? What are some games where you see that? Um, Splendor. You can buy someone else's card if you know they're going for it. Risk. Risk would be a good one where you can literally, they can expect that they're getting some sort of bonus come their turn and you completely decimated them off the map. They have no control. Decimation is a pretty strong form of interaction. Yeah. Really. I would, yeah. Uh, those, the, the, see this, these, these soldiers over here? They're, they're dead now. Get them off the board. Yeah. I just killed them. They just interacted with so you. They interacted with you in a very, very rude and uh, nasty way. Or, mm-hmm. um, so what negotiation games are going to be like that too? Something like Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Or you're talking to each other resistance, whether you're trying to figure out who the traitor is. So Stella, that, that's not usually what people really mean though when they're at the wall. They say they're looking for something interactive, right? No, uh, before I really got into games, if if I would come to Snakes and Lattes as a customer, and I wanted, I would use the word interactive to mean I want to be able to touch things and use things and play with components of the game. Um, to me, something like Cranium is a really good example of that, yeah. where I physically have to like draw something, or I physically have to make something out of clay, or um, Jenga, where I have to move things and wait for them to explode or fall. <laughs> or to me, interactive means interactive with things or pieces or bits. All right. So um, would, would, would a game designer or a game aficionado consider those games to be interactive, particularly? Um, not by the definition. Probably not. Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, you're interacting with the components, but, right? Yeah, but one team is going to answer their question. Then the other team gets to go and answer their question or draw their sketch or something, for example, with Cranium. And it's just a race to the end. And you can't really you can't do anything to stop the other team from progressing except for hoping they get it wrong or they their teammate doesn't guess it correctly. So stopping them from progressing, that's interaction. That's that definitely case, right? interaction. Yeah. Is that kind of mean? Uh, yes. I, yeah. That's what, that's what I look for in a game <laughs> is to be mean, yes. <laughs> a lot of people do, and I think that might be part of where the disconnect comes from. What are some other things that might lead people to come to this idea that interaction means one thing for one group and something totally other for... For a different type of person. Uh, I think it's it's partially what you grow up with. Like you, you want to play something where you're doing something, and I think doing something, uh, uh, just a, like a fancier word for that, is interaction. So you think about okay, I grew up playing, you know, categories or cranium or whatever, and I physically felt like I was participating in something, and I was being creative, and I was interacting with things. Um, so. I, I could see myself, uh, when I first started playing like adult games, asking a guru, I want something interactive because I want to feel like I'm, I'm using my creative brain. I want to feel like I'm like affecting something physically as opposed to just um, 
sort of uh, advancing on a on a map or advancing on a one two three four five like go, moving progressing in a game in a very kind of flat way. It's less um, abstract. Yeah, it feels more real, more visceral. I yeah, guess. It's definitely. Moving a Jenga brick and making something fall over feels more interactive than making a move in a game of uh, Splendor, for example, taking somebody's card that somebody really wanted, even though. In, in some way, in, I guess it's more interactive with the components, but less interactive with the other players. I also think it's it's more interactive with physics and the the her surroundings as opposed to just with the game and the other with players. the world, with the physical world. Yes, yeah, for sure. yeah. I think that has something to do with maybe it also has something to do with um, um, being a more tactile person and being a more like visceral, like visual person where I want to see things actually physically happening and and me having that effect. Whereas you know, rolling a dice and moving a uh, a man like a, a meeple, whatever, one space or whatever, doesn't feel a, as interactive. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm doing much. Where, like, to me, playing is playing big and, and doing things. Right, you doing things rather than your avatar, your little yes. uh, imaginary representative in the game yes. doing things. Yeah, exactly. I also think in the way you're describing it, you bring more of yourself to the game as well as opposed to advancing on a track rolling a die or something like that where you anyone could do that whereas you have your own creative abilities so you want to draw or sculpt things specifically your way and yeah I think that's I think abstraction is is really definitely something to do with that in that like I want to I don't want to like feel too far removed from what I'm doing like I don't want it to feel too far abstracted from from me as a person and the mean thing too I mean the abstraction is necessary if you're going to be cruel to people if you're doing it for real the fun was going to disappear real fast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Next, let's talk about the word strategy. Nick, what is a strategy game? A strategy game, to me, would be something where you can have a different path through the game and your decisions and who you are can base the actions you do to try and defeat your opponent or have a different way around the game to, uh, to achieve victory. So um, you're basically building a strategy, like a plan. You're plan. Yeah, you're planning and you're executing mechanics in the game differently, probably, than someone else in the game, hoping that that's the, the right path to your victory sooner than right. theirs. So you have a plan, they have a plan, and we see how they interact together. It's, it's, it's I guess, like a war in a way. Yeah, you know? for sure. So you're, you're, the commander's in a battle, and each of you has your strategy, and you try to do things, even when the game has nothing to do with war. Exactly. So what makes a strategy game different from, say, a negotiation game? Hmm. Um, well, a strategy game, you probably keep to yourself a lot more. You can see what the other person's doing and you just try to counteract it with your own actions. Whereas with a negotiation game, you really need that other person to not doing something, not do something nasty to you. So you're going to bargain with them, probably lie to them and <laughs> prevent them from doing the things you don't want them to do. Uh, so you can get ahead faster. Okay. What makes a strategy game different from a tactical game? What is the difference? Uh, tactics for the most part is little things. A tactic in war mm -hmm. is like an ambush. Uh, strategy in war is something more like a pincer. Uh, like over strategy is kind of overall. Strategy is big tactics. picture stuff. Yeah. Tactics is little picture stuff. Keep them on their toes. A tactical game might involve moving little miniatures around on a board and trying to get line of sight on an enemy so you can use a particular good attack on them to take them down. Whereas a uh, strategy in a game might be I'm going to sort of hang back and let the other players fight it out for a while yeah. and then try to pounce. Or I'm going to be the guy who collects the all the money or something. Sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Strategy is big picture type stuff, whereas tactics is more uh, small picture type stuff. But they can all sort of combine. 
into a larger sort of picture. But Stella, I'm, I'm guessing when you first came in to get into these you know, designer-ish type games, that probably wasn't what you thought of when you thought of strategy. Am I right? Yeah, that's probably true. I think that um, I agree. Strategy is kind of like making an overall plan. And I think that I tend to do that even in negotiation games. I'll like make my plan from the beginning. Okay, so this game, like maybe I don't know everybody at the table. So this game, I'm going to be pretend, like use my blonde thing, be like, I don't don't really know what's going on. And then at the end, be like, shebang, totally knew what was going on the whole time. So that's my strategy. There we go. So the blonde thing is a tactic. Using the tactic (laughs) in that particular way to sandbag the uh, the rest of the players, that's a strategy. And you bring those both out. (laughs) Yeah. So that's sort of like, but I, I would, I prefer myself to use the strategy um, against people in an interpersonal way than in a sort of like strategic, again, using um, sort of like in a war, like... Um, Turning little cubes into other yeah, little cubes, yeah. which turn into points. In My the... strategy more has to do with like mind games. Right. One of the things that I've found usually is that um, it's not often... I've mentioned before on the show that strategy is often kind of a dirty word. For a lot of folks who come to the wall looking for things and ask what sort of things they don't like, they say, well, we don't want something that's like strategy. I get the feeling, though, that that's not really, they, have, they would have no objection to the kind of stuff you're talking about, Stella. What they object to is, I think they're just talking about risk. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've got little brothers who irritated them, made them play this stuff. And it's, to, to a lot of people, strategy just means little plastic dudes on a map. Mm-hmm. And I, is, Am I way off base here? Is that no, actually... I, th- I think that's part of it. I also think that strategy to them probably means a big time commitment as well. Mm. It's like a big game with a long teach and a long setup, and they're going to be at it for three hours. Even though like Connect risk. 4 is a pure strategy. And yeah, I think that, yeah, we, we just, uh, if they get the definition right, then they'd be happy with a bunch of strategy games we offer them, for sure. But is the definition right, though? I mean, if, if that's what the, the world at large means when they say strategy, it kind of is the right definition. Yeah. But... You know, being aficionados, we need more precise terms for these things. And I guess that's where that disconnect comes from. Yeah, and I think if you do it in a in a gentle way with people, and they're like, "I don't want a strategy game." Okay, so what do you like? What do you want to do? Do you want to? Um, do you like games where you're moving people around in like a logical way, like trying to get from one to ten? Or do you want to figure out what people are thinking and be a jerk and lie and whatever? Or do you want to? Um, and then when they describe that, be like, "Oh, okay, so." What your so you want to make a plan about doing this, and you're like, so your kind of strategy actually has to do with this. So you can kind of like put that term back into the conversation, maybe later, so that in future visits they can be like, I like strategy, but it has to do with this. It has to be this type. Yeah, that's what I know I like. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good way. Or maybe you can sort of sneak something in there in a negotiation. Don't even mention the word strategy. Yeah. Just afterwards when they're well into it, once they get to the point where they're liking it, say, oh, by the way. This yeah. is a quite heavy strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you describe your strategy that you're doing right now? Right. And they'll probably have an answer for you and they'll realize it's strategy. All right. And now for the toughest one. The word is fun. Hmm. Here we go. So, Nick, yes. technically speaking, from a game design standpoint, as an aficionado of hardcore sort of hobby type games, yes. what is fun? Fun. I find myself using the word fun and I mean it to mean something that will that captured my attention. It's something I've already played and I want to come back to it because it gave me good feelings. It, it doesn't mean necessarily light, silly, goofy fun. It means um, a game that really resonated with me and I, I can't wait to play it again. And something of the type as well. I would want to try something new of the type. 
because I'm pretty sure that Light and Cilia and Goofy are probably what most people are thinking when they ask me for a game that's fun. Yes. That's, that is probably the single most common request that I get. Um, and honestly, it's, the answer is going to be different for everybody, right? What's fun for one person is not going to be fun for somebody else. And nobody is ever happy to hear me say that, even though I say it almost every time. Mm-hmm. Normal people. Obviously, I, I would never accuse you of being normal, Stella. You're How far, dare you? You're far superior one to that. One of a kind. But as a, can, you, can you tell me a little bit about what normal people who are not huge nerds are actually thinking when they're asking for a game that is fun? I think to me, when people say fun, they mean that they're bringing like, like inhibition and like positive emotion so that you're physically laughing out loud. Or you're physically going, oh, damn. Or like there was like these emotions that are like positive and and so happening in the moment that you can hardly contain it. Like you walk by a table and they're all leaned over and gasping or they're all like, oh, my God, or they're all laughing. To me, it's that like very obvious like surface emotion stuff. That's fun. And it's terrible in a way because the kinds of games that actually... get that sort of response from the sort of people I play with tend to be the exact opposite of what people who are asking for a fun game really want. Something like Eclipse, this massive, sprawling, epic, uh, galaxy-building sort of thing. I guarantee you, by the end of that game, all the players will be standing up. Yeah. Having a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. As as it applies to them. And when mm-hmm. those dice roll, it's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And it's, it's a huge thing, but... Uh, it's hard. I, th- I think when someone, a, a quote-unquote normal person, comes in and says they want something fun, they're probably looking for something they've never seen before, which is the complete opposite of my definition. I think even when I came in and I was asking you for game recommendations, I say, what's something fun? I was hoping you would tell me your fun because I feel we're on the same page with a right. lot of games we like. Whereas if they don't really know you or what you suggest, fun to them means what's a brand new experience? What's going to just... Uh, it's a cafe with thousands of games. What's that one game that we just need to know about, I think, as well? In a goofy way. And it's so hard to really get cut through to that because there's so many different kinds of fun, Mm -hmm. all of which will click with some people and will just go over like a lead balloon with others. I've come to sort of default to the idea, okay, fun means party game, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where I... uh, This is the hardest part. Sometimes I feel kind of hurt that people don't consider some of the games that I like to be fun. Um, and sometimes when I've been having a bad day or when I'm really tired or something, I can start to feel a bit resentful about it. And I know there are a lot of game players out there with family and friends who always want to play fun games, but never the kind of stuff that they like. Is is there a way to convince people that fun might be a broader concept than than they'd originally thought it was? How can you do that? I think um, I think one of the hurdles is sort of people come out um, and they have a real sense of immediacy. Like, I've come out, I'm spending my $5 or whatever it may be, plus my whatever, and I want to have fun, quotations, now. Sure. And a lot, and, you know, most of these games that you find fun are will take 15 minutes to teach or whatever it may be. And for those 15 minutes, they're probably thinking, I'm not having fun yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's a big hurdle to be like, I promise you, this will be, again, quotations, fun. If you can put in those 10 minutes to like, let me show you how awesome this is going to be. Because I think those games that are a two minute teach, they are quotations fun, but the sort of the input is equal to the output in a way of like, if this, if this game can be taught in two minutes, it's going to be 
10 minutes of fun. If this game takes 10 minutes to teach, it's probably going to, could potentially be two hours of fun because you'll play it through once and then you'll want to play it again. Something like really simple, like go splits, for example, an easy go-to. You play, play go splits through the deck once, most likely you're done. Mm -hmm. You're not going to play that 20 times. It's riotous fun while it's going. It's great, but then that's, that's it. Like what else? What next? Yeah, what next? Mm -hmm. But if you can sort of take those 10 minutes and I think it's finding, finding an inroads to like, hey, can I, can I, Take these 10 minutes with you, and I, I promise you'll have an hour of, quotations, fun <laughs> after that. And it's it's jumping that hurdle that I think that if I came out, when I, again, referring back to a few years ago when I first came out, even somebody sitting down to teach me, like, Lords of Waterdeep, I think, was one of the first really long teaches. Mm -hmm. It's like getting the patience to sit through that 15 minutes, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that hurdle is hard for people who are out on on their night off, their day off, they want to have fun now. High investment, high reward, low yeah. investment, low reward. But I, if you can, if you can, if you can get them to the point where they trust you far enough to believe mm -hmm. that it will be worth that, then I guess that's really the key. And if, and and one good way to get there would be to start with simpler games, something you can start having fun with right away. Mm -hmm. and, and you uh, build up that trust with them that you have their best interest in mind, and that you're going to always recommend games that they will end up enjoying and they're probably gonna have a take-home positive feeling about it and they come back and they're like oh good he's working like <laughs> hopefully he can tell us more games like that and they'll probably even mention that I, you were here you taught us this game last time do you have any others like that like that's i i used to do that a lot and i still hear that a lot it's even better when it's your friends or your family who came over yeah and uh you, you might have been skeptical at first but you brought them in with something simple and light and then they're ready for something a bit more involved. And if that investment of just a few more minutes of teaching pays off, mm -hmm. they'll be ready to realize that fun is perhaps a broader idea than they thought it was. Mm -hmm. Okay, that wraps it up for this week. If there's another topic you'd like to hear about on the show, please do tweet it to us at SnakesCast or focus on our Facebook page or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Stella, Nick, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. This next cast is produced by P.G. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on.